Hey guys, and good evening everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of an Orange and Blue thing. That's Darren Meenan, I'm Brian Ernie. It is Darren again forgetting to turn the volume on his phone. It is Thursday night, April 6th. The New York Mets are in action tonight. We This is our first show of the season, so we're very excited. Mets obviously 1-1, one one, looking for the rubber game tonight against the Atlanta Braves. 7-10 first pitch. As of right now, the game is still on, and I think they will get it in. It's Matt Harvey to oppose the Braves' Jaime Garcia. So, Darren, we had... Quite the start to our week. We had our first outing of the year, the first official, you know, in-season outing of the year. How was it, man? How was your opening day? Opening day was awesome. 60 degrees and sunny, you can't beat that. I took the train for the first time for opening day from, from Suffolk County. Taking the train is a quite a different experience from living 15 minutes from the ballpark growing up to now an hour and a half train ride. But it was a good time. Took the train in and uh, enjoyed myself, as many did, at the tailgate party. And then obviously we went into the ballpark to enjoy a nice opening day victory. The Mets have a great record on opening day, as we both know. They do. And um, it's rare to leave a game in April and have a sunburn the next day. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I was so sorry about Like, I got into the shower. It was did not feel good whatsoever, and I'm like, I knew, I knew that I should have put on sunscreen. It, oh, but I, <laughs> I got, had some. You could ask me. I know because I rubbed it in on Kelly's face. You were completely <laughs> preoccupied. And no, she's I was like, helping. I was helping. You a were, bit. You're like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so I'm like trying to. And there's a picture that Drea put up. That yeah, is I like saw that. Me. Just like <laughs> yeah. rubbing it in, on Kelly's face. It was classic. Man, opening day was fun as hell. It was my dad and my um, 18th straight opening day. And thanks for bringing the beers, by the way. Yeah, I boy. didn't want to lug the beers on the train, and you and you brought some. And yeah. I was actually saying to you, any leftovers bring to the bring to the show, and you didn't bring any, so I guess you actually ran out. I, I had six leftovers. And they're gone by now. Well, no, I, I actually threw them in my work fridge because sometimes my boss and I will have a beer on Friday. Um, but I'll, you know, you know me, I'm always good for beer. Did you, uh, watch the game last night? I did. Extra innings. The first extra innings heartbreak of the year. What'd it go? 12? Yeah. My eyelids were closed and I should have, I should have turned the lights on and put some duct tape on my eyelids to stay up. But, uh, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, you're not in mid season form yet. I know we both wake up so early not to complain every week about having children and waking up at five in the morning to go do our daily duties on top of, uh, being parents. But yeah, I just couldn't stay up. I tried. I mean, I was excited to watch the game, and I saw the the ratings came out today. Decomo put it up that yeah. the, the that was the highest rated Mets game since the closing ceremony game at uh, Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. So since 2009, it was the most watched Mets game. It's crazy. Well, you know what it is too. Like everyone's home. 2008. I'm sorry. Everybody's home watching the game on Monday. People have work, or you know, if you're not at the game, you're probably at work. Maybe you're listening to WOR, the excellent booth of WOR. So yeah, the uh, it kind of makes sense why the viewership was high last night. Yeah, it makes sense, and you know, yeah, but like you said, Bart, everybody's revved up, ready to go. So I, I mean, talk about that though, Bart. Yeah, we didn't speak about this at all. Like yeah. I was kind of. I mean, I love Bart. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a career Met. Obviously, he's right. been bounced around left and right since the '90s. So obviously, he was beloved in the fan base. He had the home run last year. There's a lot of high moments, but I was kind of over the whole gush fest. It was like an all day. Let's freaking. Uh, yeah. gush over Bartolo coming back. And you know what? I love him. You know, say what you will about his issues off the field. I mean, some people don't 
like the guy because he has like three families that, uh, you know, whatever things happen and yeah. who knows what's going on with family situations. But as far as being a player, I like him as a player. I like him as a, as a person on the field. He's exciting. And I like how carefree he is. But yeah. as far as the Mets fans just writing all day, how much they loved him, I'm kind of over it. Once they gave him the standing O on Monday, you know, they announced his name for the opening ceremonies, uh, which were beautiful as always at City Field with uh, Howie Rose leading the charge behind the mic. But the once that happened and we cheered and we said, hey, welcome back. Good luck with the rest of your career. It's done. He's the villain now. He's the enemy. Yeah. He's I a brave. I like the open. You know, when they first get up to their first plate appearance, I always like, you know, the acknowledgement. Um, the thing that's so funny about Bart is that when they when they, when he got brought in here. Everybody lambasted Sandy Alderson for bringing him in. They hated it. And he was then, the opening day starter a couple years ago, and people were shitting exactly. on it. Exactly. Everybody, this is a joke. How is Bartolo Colon starting on opening day? Well, Bartolo Colon was the opening day starter of the year of the Mets Experience. last pennant. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so, so, you know, you look at that kind of thing, and I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I think the fan base grew to love Bart. But at the end of the day, after you kind of – I don't know. After you kind of have acknowledged it, it's sort of time to move on. The thing I like uh, about Bart the most is how carefree he is on the yeah, mound. Though. Like I do I'm like doing. That. If you were listening to this afterwards, you're not seeing it. But how, like, after anything, a big play, you know, even if he just gave up a home run, he's like, ah, what? gets yeah. the ball back. He's like, ah, you know, let's let's do this. You that's know, what he's, that's what people he's don't a understand. Pro. He's a pro. A athletes have to be like that. It's yeah. the same thing, especially like closers. People talk about Familia, and it's like. Well, you know, is he going to be able to go back and after he blew that game? It's like, yeah, he's going to have to be. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to yeah. have to because otherwise he's not going to get paid, you know, after, you know, when he's a free agent. So, I mean, that's that's these guys' livelihood. They have to do it, you know. So they have to find a way to, to bounce back and not dwell on it. Fans are allowed to dwell on it. That's part of the fun. Uh, right, you know, right, right, right. And, and, you know, they're not. So to just to touch on it quickly because I know that a lot of people watch – that uh, also share your love of wrestling. Did you watch WrestleMania on Sunday night? I did. I did. I watched the majority of it. Um, I went to bed early because I was. I, I knew I was wasn't going to sleep well before opening day. Who so, can you know? So I I know I'm going to be up early. So it was for the wrestling fans out there. Right after the Triple H Rollins match, which to me was like an ambient. Um, I I went to sleep. I crashed. So I, I watched the Taker stuff in the morning. Um, with his retirement thing, and I thought that was cool. I loved. I told you the Hardy Boys were going to be back. Anybody who was watching last week, I told you the Hardys were coming back. Um, Kelly was excited about the engagement. Yeah, it was, she watches the Divas. The, she yeah, she yeah, likes Divas the Bella girls. I couldn't, yeah, I yeah. couldn't tell the difference between those two girls. I think they're identical. She likes the one that got engaged. I don't know who that is, but yeah. Um, anyway, so that if is, you saw me is, walking, around, Nikki Bella. If you saw me walking around the tailgate, I was uh, trying to capture as much as I could with my cell phone. Uh, throughout the day of the the train ride, the tailgate party, going into the ballpark, and all that good stuff. So we're gonna play the video now, and if it's working correctly, we're gonna be able to hear it and talk along with the video. So enjoy this. Let me just cue it up. I should have already done this. Yeah. While you're queuing it up, speaking of wrestling, big thanks to uh, Taz who gives a shout out on the. Uh, I heard about that. On the. On but the I heard Taz isn't today. a big fan of Al Dukes, our guest last week, which yeah, was a great episode, by the way. It was. It if was, you haven't seen that yet or listened to it, out. check that out. I think it was our highest viewed and listened to podcast or episode yet, which is great. Yeah. So uh, thanks for doing your part as listeners and uh, like, you know, like the stuff and subscribe and do all that good stuff. So let's watch this video. Six four Mets. Seven three. Going with 
Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> the tailgate. Got to join us in the MTA lot one day. That's such a cool picture that Slade took. <laughs> How you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? Show me your back. Oh, back? So what does this mean? Down the line. It's a baseball term, you know, hitting it down the line, you know, scoring a run. Hopefully the Mets will do a lot of that today. I was trying to create a username back when AIM was out, and no one had that, and I stuck with it. But he's missing a brother, though, so... So, me, and my, front, me and my brother don't sit down during the games. Um, we like to stand. We like to go crazy. We don't like people telling us to sit down because we want everyone to stand up. So we tell them up and back. And 17 because it makes it easier to remember what year I got the jersey in. Because I'm not going to remember. I, I mean, let alone 50 years down the road. Let alone the patch over here says 2017. But, oh, shit. <laughs> right there, baby. Right there. Let's see it. Let's see it. Open it up. Yeah. That's it. Oh, shit. Uh, is he playing today? Uh, not at all. Maybe in Columbia, but not here. Look at that. Look at that. That's awesome. I told Carp I want one. Oh, shit. You got your row on there, too? Yeah, man. Nice. Now, Superstar, what's up? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Let's go, man. So tell me the story. What happened? You took a, you took a plane here? <laughs> got up at 3. Flight was at 6. Landed at 9. Had a beer at McFadden's. From Chicago. Then when are you going home? Tonight. How at eight o'clock. Let me see this pin on the side. That's right. We got official member. <laughs> Don't move. Stop moving. Official Wait, member from all the way in Chicago. Can't be a little cornhole on opening day. It's kicks. Fire. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Slayer comes down at a tailgate, you know we're at the right spot. <laughs> it's because the island is fan, he knows what's up. That's the guy who stood in the staircase the whole time. <laughs> Some Doc and Daryl showed up, pretty cool. We'll talk about that in a little bit.
don't get what dance is. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> Charlie. I told you, man, if you wanted to see him dance today, this was the episode to watch. <laughs> See this? Yeah, that was sick. We're gonna talk about this in a second, but this banner came from Argentina, from a very famous artist named Pepe Pereta. A gift from John Cedeno. So sick. Make the Mets great again. Nobody knows baseball better than I do. Okay, I know baseball better than anybody, and I will make the Mets great again. <laughs> it's me. Good, man. What's going on, man? Just made my purchase. Oh, nice. Hell yeah, thank you. I don't even have one of those yet. Yeah, that's yes. so sick, right? That's sick. What are you doing here, Miles? Well, I'm buying a shirt. Nice. And I'm buying Dre a hoodie. 
Remind me to tell you about Darren, this kid. Say Yago. Hey. Yago. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Tell me what it is. It's better if you don't know. No, I want to know. <laughs> you know me. I'm an inquisitive mind. Can I get a shot of this over here really quick? I haven't even seen these yet. This is great right here. You gonna buy one? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go Mets, baby. Woo! It's our year. 2017. Tell me how you really feel. I feel good. I love the flyover. Yeah, they're always it's late. Slow. It was yeah. slow. They're always late. That's Brubacca's love. Yep, I know. So let's just touch on some of these things as as we kind of walk down. Um, who was that? Salazar that made the patches? Yeah, Salazar um, made some special patches for um, Keepers of the Apple. The Keepers of the Apple, and like of the, it course. says, one forty. Um, also, the Yago, whatever yeah. Yago means. I still don't even really know what Yago means. And um, sorry, let me lower this. I don't know if our audio was super loud for a second. Sorry about well, that. That's okay. Um, yeah, so he made special patches for the section, which they call Keepers of the Apple, like the, the first few rows that are close to the Apple. Um, they're not trying to like separate the group, but like they're just calling that couple rows the Keepers of the Apple, which is totally cool. cool. And then um, the Yago, whatever the hell the Yago means. So, yeah, shout yeah. out to Salazar for that. But yeah, oh, 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 take us through the... Uh... We're not going to talk about that. Come on, let's, let's talk no, about it I, quick. I felt, I felt like I was maybe... It wasn't. Making him feel bad. No. But... No, 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 no. I'm Let, not gonna. I don't even right. want to well, talk about this. We didn't. This isn't like a ploy that we we talked about this prior. Like, oh, let's bring this up. And, no, we didn't. But if you want to know what he's talking about, go to my Instagram. Darren go go to Instagram. I expected Darren's post the minute he the minute I knew that he got one of these. But it was cool. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. It's I, a, I, it's I, a I very the, nice. It was gesture. great, great intention. And I think that I think that Indard and Becca should wear them with pride. Oh yeah, I, let's let's bring that up because yeah. I, I do. I don't want to uh, diss them either. Um, Salazar. Gave a C patch, which mm -hmm. would be captain if you were like David Wright or John Franco or Keith Hernandez or whoever, um, to one person from each 
uh, section. section that's part of the original 12. So the original 12 means that you were down since the first ever outing and you still have season tickets with us. So I felt weird about that. Um, I'm not trying to diss it. No. So if Andrew and Becca want to wear it, that's totally cool. They're that's both cool. great representatives of the group. Um, I just felt weird putting it on. I always like to be part of the crew. I don't want to be the leader of the crew. I, know. I don't want to be like a no, no, not dissing um, Fireman Ed or Bald Vinny or these guys are like the face of their group. I do the face stuff of the group, like the media stuff, because it's part of the gig. But I don't want to be like the leader. You know what I mean? So it's cool that we have the, the general. Yeah. The general just became a nickname. He doesn't think that he's better than anyone. And I don't think I'm better than anyone either. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy from CBS actually came down. To the section and yeah, interviewed us. in my seat. <laughs> Steve Obermeyer. And he said to me, the first question, if you look it up on CBS's website, it says, uh, is this where the the best fans sit? And I was like, no, it's not. We're not the best fans. No, like you could, you could sit wherever you want. I hate the term better fans or best fans or super fan fans. or super fan. I don't like that. Um, everyone cheers in their own way. And if you want to be like Rally Man and wear a cape or you want to be like the guy that sits there quietly and keeps score, you do you. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. We don't even have to touch on this, but if you want to read what I wrote about it, go to my Instagram account. You um, got to know Darren personally to know that 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 he just what it just bothered me thing. a little bit it's because not thing. it didn't bother me. I, I take that back, uh, Salazar. It didn't bother me. It just when he gave it to me, he knew I wasn't going to put it on. But yeah. I appreciate the gesture and I appreciate the thought. And I, and I think that Indart and Becca should wear them they should. with they should pride because I think that they're integral to the group and I, it's important. It, the reason why the first row of the sections are the first row of the sections is there's a reason for that. And because when we when Darren started this thing up and and Lizzie and they were or kind of organizing this whole thing, they knew that they kind of wanted to spread the fervor, if you will, you know, we're across all, any, all three sections. Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, totally. When we were so, doing the seating chart, Indar helped us with that. We didn't want all the regulars from dating back to 2012 to be in mm-hmm. one section and then everyone that was new to be isolated. That's not the, that's not what we're trying to do. We want to be totally inclusive and we thought separating everybody yeah. for like the first three rows were regulars. Like you're in row two and sorry, you're not in row one, but everyone's no, you know okay. spread out. Dick. <laughs> I, it was purposely done that way. Well, so, I'm going to blame Indart now that I knew that he helped with yeah, it. Yeah, no, he totally did. Yeah. I, I almost had no hand in it. So, But whatever. I think that it worked out great, and I like that people embraced it. You know, Maybe when you found out you were going to be in 140 instead of 142 with your friends, you, they may not have liked it in the initial um, beginning when they first found out, but now that they're over there, they're meeting new people, which is so yeah. cool. Like they, you know, um, they may not have become friends with the people they're friends with now, and having a seating chart and set seats is, is great, I think. But no, anyway, we're going to move along because we have a sh- we're going to try to end this thing before seven o'clock. But um, Doc and Daryl stopped by, which yeah. I think is cool that they stopped by. But I also I don't have a problem with it. I don't want to sound like um, a stickler here, mm-hmm. but they came by because they're filming a documentary, another right. documentary. Yeah. This is like the third or fourth doc on just these guys. So Doc and Daryl did the 30 for 30. Dwight Gooden did something for SNY. Um, and now they're doing this third thing or fourth thing on their relationship and getting back together. But you know what it is? I like Daryl. I've met him dozens of times when he had the bar down the street from my house when I lived in Queens. I, um, I like Dwight Gooden. He stopped at our warehouse. I, I don't dislike these guys. But as far as them showing off for the cameras and coming to a tailgate just to film the group and and the interactions and they only became friends like the day before, I think it seems a little phony to me. So 
I don't want to shit on that because I think that the fans were excited to see them and they were happy to take their selfies. And, and you know, I, I think that's cool. But when I got off the train, those guys weren't there for another hour or two. You were there before me. They were already set up with their cameras. Like, it was so staged. It didn't feel genuine to me. And I'm not expecting Mets royalty to just randomly stroll through a tailgate. But because it was for the cameras, I felt differently about it. And watching the situation unfold, it kind of didn't seem real to me, you know? I will agree with that. I um, I'm okay. So, the thing is, is that everybody was like, "Oh, talking Daryl over there," and they kept telling me, and I knew that, and that's great. And number one, I don't have a huge connection to the '86 team, at really at all, because I was two when they won the World Series. So, I mean, I don't really connect with those guys the way I connect with. Like, I'd be more excited if like Ray Ordonez was there. You know what I mean? Like, it's right, just right. it's just me. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. The 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 point I'm trying to make is that opening day. Uh, Bianca said this. She's like, oh, it feels like the first day of school, and it does. Like, you're seeing friends all over again. You're back. You're back in your routine. You're in your parking spot. You have your cooler. Like, you have you put your jersey on. Everything's kind of there. I j- it was like a little bit of the elephant in the room because it was like, oh, these guys are here, and like that's cool. Like, I'm not so I'm not super into getting player selfies or whatever. If I ever meet a player, it's usually I usually just kind of want to like shake their hands and talk to them a bit because that memory lasts longer than a than a selfie on a phone that I'm gonna have a new one in like six months. Um, I don't know, whatever. It's cool. I'm gl- I'm glad they're they're I'm burying to the hatchet. See whatever it turns into. Yeah, but it I'm just glad seemed... the project. I'm sure is going to be good, and I'm glad they're burying the hatchet because life is too short and all that stuff. And I hope that both of them have peace in their lives. Daryl certainly seems to. So, um, go good luck to them and good luck to the project because I I hope it'll be good. And I'm I mean who 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 am I kidding? I'll probably watch it. But uh, of course know. we're gonna watch it. Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, it just seems like we've we've heard the story so many times. It's about I, I don't know what it's about, but you'd have to assume it's about their rocky road in the. 80s and um, what could have been, you yeah. know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. we've heard the story before. So yeah. anyway, I touched on it a little bit during that video. So I went to Mexico last year after the San Diego invasion. Kelly and I and the baby took a took a trip to Mexico straight from the invasion and we're hanging out in the hot tub. And this guy, John Cedeno, is in the hot tub. He's getting married the next day. And he's like, hey, man, uh, I sit with you guys at, at, uh, at City Field, and I actually went to the first ever outing in Wrigley. What's the odds that we're, like, hanging out at the same resort? So yeah. he was getting married the next day, and we chopped it up for a little bit. And then randomly I get an email, like, a month ago. He was his, Him and his some buddies, or maybe just his buddies, were going to Argentina, and they had some connection with this guy. I'm probably butchering the, butchering the name, but Pepe Pareta who is a famous uh, Tifo painter out in uh, Argentina. So he, he works on like 200 by whatever foot banners that they like bring down from scaffolding and ropes and stuff. That's cool. And uh, he actually graced us with, with the first ever baseball banner he's ever done. So we actually, unfortunately, didn't get to show off Majo's banner at the game. His, his wife's pregnant. They didn't have, actually have seats with us, so I didn't have it in my hands like the third inning, and then it just didn't coordinate right with Drea. We usually like to have it out before the game starts, so I'm sorry to Dave. Um, the photos looked awesome at the tailgate, and um, hopefully you're happy with the little interview we did on this show tonight, but um, we didn't want to diss Majo by showing this off on opening day. So no no offense to John or Pepe himself. We are going to use this um, eventually in the future. So uh, super, super cool. If you're listening to this afterwards, definitely hop on over, watch the video replay, or maybe check out our Instagram. We'll probably post a photo. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really wide banner. has our new logo, the Mets logo, and the actual seven trains. has Main Street flushing on it. It's very really cool. cool. So Very cool. Um, also, what came out today? Yeah. 
I didn't know that this was happening. Obviously, it only happened a couple days ago. But Sports Illustrated comes out with a new issue every week. And today's issue came out, and it's a two-page spread of our group right during like the challenge, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the first run of the game with yep. Flores. And uh, unfortunately, you and I are cut out of it. But uh, a lot of the, uh, the regulars are in there. Obviously, it shows a good chunk of the crew. Mm-hmm. It looks like the, uh, a ton of people there, and they probably missed at least three or 400 of us. It's like half the section. So yeah. really cool. So if you want to check that out, if you sit with us and uh, you're looking for something to uh, hold on to or frame or whatever, maybe you're in the photo, pick it up. It should be on newsstands now. So um, also, did you see the guy in the stands? Not in the stands. The guy on the news that didn't make it to the game? Yeah, I did. I did. All right. Did. Well, we have to touch on this for a second. It's been everywhere the past couple of days. I was going to say, we're at about 14 minutes and 59 seconds of his fame. Yeah, we're, he's pretty much almost done with his 15 minutes, but uh, he actually follows the Seven Line account on Twitter, so I don't know if he's a customer. Uh, I love his fire. I love ex- his excitement. He's been on. He went on with K, uh, KB last night. He's been yeah, I, I saw that. I all saw over that. the place. So his name is Frank Fleming, and he's from New Jersey, and he is very upset at the derailment, which I think is like, you know, people, people were injured. Like, things happen, you know, stuff happens, but he was a little late to the game. J Transit. LIRR and Amtrak for the rest of the day. The Jersey Transit is the absolute worst. I'm not going to get to my game now because they are incompetent. This man heading to the Mets home opener couldn't hold back his frustration with the transit system. This is the second derailment in 10 days. My legs feel like jello. Fortunately, Frank Fleming <laughs> did make it to the game and is back home in Belleville tonight. It's the things I do to, as a Mets fan. I commute 10 hours to get to and from City Field, and they won the game, so I guess it's worth it. So he said he traveled for 10 hours. I looked it up. Belleville is only 29 miles away from City Field. Okay. He could have walked it faster, but uh, – yeah, I mean, shit happens. There's a derailment. I mean, I understand his frustration. He doesn't want to miss the game, but I think he got there within a decent amount of time. He still got to watch the game, and the Mets won. It was a nice day. But um, did you see the um, obviously for you know for marketing reasons, Excedrin reached out to him. Did you see that? Oh, did they? So Excedrin, the uh, you know Advil, Excedrin, Tylenol, whatever. I thought Xanax Ex- reached out. <laughs> Excedrin reached out to him, and they're sending him a car on Friday. Cool. Free tickets to the game and a bottle of Excedrin just in case he has his headache still from from Monday. Didn't so. they also? Didn't uh, isn't he doing like a meet and greet with Howie? Somebody gave him tickets and Howie and Josh are doing a meet I don't and greet. Know. With I mean, him shit whatever. happens, you know. They he got told to talk to, to, to it up. he got to talk to A Rod. He got to talk to KB. He got, I mean, this guy does more stuff than I did, <laughs> and uh, you know, I should have been uh, I should have been late <laughs> to opening day myself. I don't but know, I, like, good for him. I'm glad people have made it right. Like, sometimes, obviously, we're being a little cynical, right? But I mean, how th- many people had their day mixed up, you know, or messed up? Right, right. You know, because he was funny and passionate on the news, obviously, he went a little viral on Monday. But, and- let, me, but let me say this. Okay, there are people, okay, there are people, <laughs> there are people that sometimes your day is just, you're just like, you're excited about something, or you're having, maybe even you're having a bad day, and you just need, like, the world, the universe to make it up to you kind of thing. And that never happens. So every once in a while when it does happen, people go out of their way to make something nice. I don't know. It's cool. He's a fellow Mets fan. I did see his thing with KB the other day. And he's good. He did a good job. Yeah, he knows He knows his stuff. You know, I, I don't I don't love that. It's got to be nerve-wracking, too. Like, it was cool. He was talking to A-Rod, and A-Rod's like, uh, if we gave you free season tickets yeah, to your game, Yankees, would you take just... it? And he's like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. he, he seems like a good guy. And uh, if he's watching or listening, shout out to you. If you ever want to come hang out with us, we'd love to have you because we, we – we definitely. He like, does seem like a real Mets like, fan. Yeah, totally. We like to you know, embrace a, a as lot much people, passion as possible. A lot of people in that scenario who would get the 
opportunity and then they'd be like, oh, you know, who's your favorite player? And they'd say, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to think of one. So yeah, totally. How many people have we seen that like on beer money or like on on uh, the battle the booth, whatever that is, beat the booth thing? And well, live like, TV uh, stuff is also pretty hard. Like, you know, well, I'm getting yeah. a little better at it now. But um, back in the day when I that's because I'm ripping off on you. Oh, yeah. Well, we're live. We're live right now. This is, <laughs> this is pretty cool. But, you know, when we're doing, you know, stuff on News 12 or channel like we did a News 12 spot the other day. I yeah. just randomly walked up and um, uh, damn, Aaron, oh, Aaron Colton was mm-hmm. standing there with her camera. And I was like, hey, we're going live. And like, I, I thought I was I was just joking. She's like, yeah, you ready? I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, let's yeah. go. So me and Indart little did a little spot there. So, um, yeah, whatever. Frank, live it up, man. Enjoy it. Hopefully you're DVRing all these things that you're on this week. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get to a voice memo real quick. And we want to preface this by saying, Rally Man, we love you, but you got to shorten it up a little bit, man. The the whole intro is we, like we, – we put up the thing and said we want your voice memos, and it says right in there, 15 seconds. Yeah. His intro is like a minute. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's like a WrestleMania entrance. Like It gets longer and longer. Yeah, we like your Rally Man, but maybe tighten it up a little bit. But here's Rally Man's question this week. Greetings, Darren, Brian, Lizzie, Seven Liners, and all Met fans. This is Rally Man from Section 515. Now, it's safe to say that most Met fans are born and raised from Met families. So, my rally question of the week, guys, is what was the exact moment that you felt that you were a true, die-hard Met fan? As a quick summary for me, it was 1997, Mets Marlins game. Uh, I was 13 years old. Uh, me and the family went together. Uh, we lost that game, unfortunately, but I really started to grow a love for the sport of baseball. And the uh, true, true moment was when we signed Mike Piazza. It's a little fair weather fanish, I know, um, but it was really when shit got real and uh, New York was becoming serious about being a competitor. Um, so have at it, guys. This is your rally man. That was a lot longer than 15 seconds. But you know what I, 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 uh, I like about rally man? He asks us a question, mm-hmm. answers it himself, and then, <laughs> and then lets us know that uh, he's our rally man. So Our rally man. Uh, yeah, I so like you go first because I, I think I have a different answer than you. So when did you realize that you were so enthralled in this fandom that you are a diehard? Okay, so I will preface this by saying I have a unique uh, way of, of getting to Mets dieharddom, if you will. Um, so I was always a Mets fan, but I was also a fan of – Early on, until 1993, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then 93 onward, the San Francisco Giants, um, and, t- and that dropped off right when... So I was always a Mets fan. My dad's diehard Mets fan. I've always been a diehard Mets fan, but my favorite player of all time is Mike Piazza and Barry Bonds. I love Barry Bonds. When I was a little kid, I, I went to Disney World. I rode Pirates of the Caribbean like 400 times in one trip. Came home, Barry Bonds hit a home run that night on like Sunday Night Baseball for the Pirates. So I uh, Barry Bonds has always been my guy, you know, steroids and whatever and controversy be damned. Um, so I also rooted for those teams. So I would kind of like, hey, if the Mets had a down game, I'd turn on my dad. We had DirecTV really early and so we could get Fox Sports Bay Area and I could like check out what Barry was doing. Um, it was when I realized that I'm just screwed, like I am the biggest Mets, you know, whatever, you know, not biggest Mets fan, but, you know, like I'm, I'm in it die hard in my blood was the 1998 stretch run. I was in eighth grade. Uh, I just got into ninth grade that fall. So I was in ninth grade, and it was that series against the Astros 
where they had that crazy series at the Astrodome. Piazza hit a big home run off Billy Wagner uh, to, I think, tie it late, and I think Todd Hundley hit a home run that that night, um, that same night in extra innings to win it. They had these three crazy back-and-forth games. That's the series Derek Bell hit the Oh My God home run where he hit it and st- stood there and uh, mouthed Oh My God. Um, that stretch run leading up to them dropping those whatever five out of six games, the last six games of the season with the with the pirate with the Marlins and the Expos, um, that was my first real season of like that three team race for the wild card: the Cubs, the Giants, and the Mets. Um, I, I you know I that's when I realized that I'm a Mets fan because I'm rooting actively rooting against the Giants every night, rooting against the Cubs every night, and just hoping with all hope that the Mets get to the postseason. That's when I knew I was more than just a Mets fan. I was this was kind of in my blood sort of thing. So I would say that was the first moment I kind of realized. I mean, if you listen to the show, you may have may know already that my grandfather worked at Shea Stadium. So I was going to games super super early. I don't even know when my first game was. We didn't really have ticket stubs because we didn't really need tickets. We would just show up and grandpa would walk us in. So um I think that the moment I realized I was a, a, a true diehard is when I would rather go to the ballpark than do something else. Yeah. So as you get older and you know you have a car or you have a girlfriend or you do, you're doing this or doing that, at the time you know I used to competitively race BMX, so I didn't have as much free time in the summer and and, and the weekends to go to games. Um, but then once I was old enough to actually afford it on my own, and I'd rather go to a game than do something else then you just realize that you're you're in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not because the Mets were winning or whatever. It's just it was already so ingrained in my brain that I liked baseball and I liked going to the ballpark that even after my grandfather father didn't work there anymore, I would rather do that than something else. So yeah. um unfortunately I didn't go to any of the games in two thousand for the World Series, but in two thousand six I was there every game. So, you know, I could afford it. I was a little bit older and I was there all the time. So as it became something that I could do on my own and it wasn't because I was doing it with my parents, then you just realize like, oh, shit, like I'm, I'm in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think there was a tipping point or a game or a moment that I realized it. It was just like it just kind of happened. You know? Yeah, it's one of those things like my dad and I used to sit down with the schedule every uh, winter and we'd pick out six games to go to every year from the time I was, you know, like four or five on. We always try to catch teams that, you know, we hadn't seen or whatever. It's how we ended up at Piazza's first game as a Met because the Brewers had just switched to the National League in 1998. We wanted, wanted to see the Brewers. That's why we had the tickets to the game. We were like, oh, yeah, it'll be cool. The Brewers were an AL team and, and uh, we, we picked the Saturday game and that happened to be Piazza's first game as a Met. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that like you know you're you're ha- you have these building blocks as a diehard, but you know as a kid you float in, you float out, you're resilient. So if they lose a big game, you, you maybe you cry, but then like you're over it the next day. And it's really I feel like in those the those preteen to teen years like that you really start to realize when you're like, oh wow, this is my hobby. This is the thing that I'm going to be passionate about. Um, I guess, I guess for the Mets, at least that was me. Baseball, I was kind of always in love with. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I love hearing people's past. You know, some people were coming up to me at the tailgate and telling me their stories. I've been a Mets fan since here. And the, I love that stuff, man. I, I love to hear even we, t- I talk about it on my Twitter sometimes, obscure players that people love, you know, like the Siyoshi Sinjos and like, I, <laughs> I have an irrational love for Pat Mahomes. He's, you know, the swing man from the, from the 1999 team and stuff like that. Why? I have no idea. I just love that guy. What were you talking about today? You said it, um, a few years ago, our number five hitter was who? <laughs> Andrew Brown. Yeah. And like yeah. last year, like, you know, we had a lot of games where, um, or, or two years ago or even last year, um, uh, soup. 
Campbell. Campbell. Would, but, you know, so I, yeah. we're looking good. I mean, last night was a little rough, but it's only game three. Can tonight. we talk about last night quickly before, yeah, let's do uh, it. before we, we go, we move on? I heard some people acting like this was the end of the world. <laughs> There's I, 160 to go. Oh, my God. I heard one, one sports uh, talk radio call today, and the guy was an idiot. And it was like talking, going on and on and on about first he started in 2015. The reason why they lost the World Series, besides what's his face blowing the games in the ninth inning? What's his face? <laughs> yeah, you know, the best closer the Mets have ever had. What's his face? Who, who's two out of three of those games weren't even his fault. Uh, then he goes on, and because of the bullpen, every time the bullpen comes in. First of all, the Mets had two of the best relievers in baseball last year. They both had, they, Familia and Reed both had over two war seasons. And then it's like, this is the bull, This is all just the bullpen's fault last night. They scored one run. Five hits in yeah. 12 innings. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> I mean, you can't win if you don't hit. You know? And, and I, even at that, it's like, so the Braves scored one run through 11 and two-thirds innings. So is it the Braves are just supposed to only score one run for the rest of their lives? I mean, let's see what Harvey does tonight. But, I mean, DeGrom and Syndergaard didn't give up a run yet. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're as far, far as the starting pitching is concerned, we're looking good the past couple days. But um, I was listening to Boomer and Carton this morning. It's like you can't expect every Mets starter to throw, um, you know, to give up no runs every time they have and then, an outing. So the guy's got to hit, obviously. You can't win games if you don't score runs so. and then joe and evan go well that's that, that's what i'm that's what i'm saying bro you know they, they gotta go late into these games bro and i'm like <laughs> it's april 5th it's april 5th I it's left the, the second game of the season the grom maybe should have stayed out his pitch count was coming off an, coming off an arm thing I know, last I know, year but... he looks great like uh, sometimes you're gonna lose games sometimes some games are gonna be sacrificed for the greater good if all four or five of these pitchers are healthy in october and they're going to be playing in October, that's all I care about. Right, right. So uh, we're going to show off something that actually I saw this morning. Uh, our buddy Greg Prince was at the game last night, and then I think he wrote after the game he popped into the Mets Hall of Fame. And if you've ever been to the Mets Hall of Fame, it's it's filled with memorabilia and different cool things that they've saved or held on to and they want to show the fans. So um, if you're listening to this afterwards, pop on over to our Facebook page and watch the replay. But there was a lineup card in the glass that says on, on the bottom of the lineup card, there was a little plaque. It says eight is enough. New York crushed a franchise best eight long balls against the Phillies on August 24th, 2015 at Citizens Bank Park. The actual lineup card says Washington at New York <laughs> for at City Field in a totally different date and year. So I don't know what's up in the in the Mets Hall of Fame, but something's going on. I don't know if maybe they didn't realize this and someone put the wrong card there or someone swiped it and sold it on eBay. But but this isn't this isn't their only offense. No, it is it is not. The second one is is much worse, much but, more egregious. Yeah. Uh, Greg is very observant, and I wouldn't put a pa- anything past him. Like back when I was coming up with a few different T-shirt designs, I'd actually hit him up because he's filled with uh, Mets history and facts and things. Because he, he's an author, and yep. he has a, he's a brain like you, a brain like a sponge, and he knows his shit. So sometimes I would hit him up for um, advice on things. So this one is ten times worse. We've talked yeah. about uniforms on the show uh, quite a few times already. So. <sighs> This one's horrible. Yeah, I don't really understand why. So this is the, the I I don't know. The, the Mets Mets fans are too smart for for the team or whoever that runs the Hall of Fame to think they could pull one past us. But the uh, this one before. before.
dives in on this. Uh, the tweet said Seaver probably didn't wear this drop shadow Mets jersey when he pitched during 67 to 77 or in 1983. So the photo or the, the jersey hanging is a white Mets pinstripe with the black drop shadow, which, which they obviously didn't wear back then. They introduced in 1998. So the uh, plaque here says the uh, the first man to wear a Mets cap in the Hall of Fame uh, in Cooperstown was Tom Seaver, and this is one of his jerseys he wore during his 12-year uh, tenure in Queens. So obviously that's not true. Um, not trying to throw the Mets under the bus, but maybe they don't even know about this. And something happened uh, with um, the jerseys being wrong and the plaque, the plaques being wrong. But what do you, what do you have to say? So uh, we just got a text from our, from our producer Keith, and he says that according to Nico, our, our boy Nico, they fixed it. That they fixed it. Apparently, the only thing I can think of that maybe they got confused was that sometimes when old players come back, this wasn't for, in the 2008 ceremony, they did a beautiful job. They had period-appropriate jerseys for every single player. So if you played for the Mets in the 70s or the 80s or the 60s or whatever, you had the right jersey, the jersey you actually wore, which I thought was beautifully done. I know it was in partnership with uh, Mitchell and Ness. They did a really great job. But sometimes prior to that, they would give an older player a current jersey. So maybe like Tom threw out the first pitch... I don't know, like in 1999. It says, it says during his 12-year tenure. Yeah, but maybe that's why they had like a, a Seaver used jersey somewhere we're laying turning around. In, we're turning into Mets police. I'm not trying to be a, <laughs> an apologist for them, but but yeah. uh, but I, I just, I'm just saying that maybe that's how they got caught. I don't know. Otherwise, they just dropped the ball. But, I mean, the franchise, you got to have the right jersey out there. But, but they fixed it. They fixed it, I guess. It was only – the tweets only went out last night around midnight. I guess he popped in there after the unfortunate extra innings loss. But – they fixed it by today, which is cool, and they definitely know who Greg is, and they, they know who we are, so they're, they're uh, seeing this now or hearing it afterwards, but good, good on them for fixing it. So um, It's an otherwise beautifully curated, curated exhibit. Oh, I love it out there. It's, 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 really, I've only really popped really in a well few times. There's, there's usually quite a line, depending on the day, and um, it's, it's something that you should definitely check out, maybe mm -hmm. on your way out of the game, if, it's like, if you're there on like a random Tuesday, Wednesday when it's not as crazy. Or if you're there really early, maybe on like a Sunday, you can yeah. pop in there. So um, we are going to move to our Facebook Q&A if there are any questions that we can totally get to within the next 10 minutes. The Mets game is about to start. If you're listening to this afterwards, you already watched the game, and hopefully Harvey had a great first back, first outing back. But do you want to give us a – I'll read some comments or, or monitor them, but do you want to give us a little preview about tonight? Yeah, so tonight it's an, actually an interesting subplot tonight where um, Matt Harvey obviously is coming off of the – thoracic outlet syndrome surgery and Jaime Garcia is one of the few pitchers who has had the surgery and come back um, and he while he was not as effective as he had been in the past he certainly uh, was um, a, an effective major league starter last year for the his Cardinals. last game was July 4th uh, Harvey Harvey's last game yeah it okay. was it was on uh, on 4th of July I believe uh, last year, I believe, it was against the Marlins. That game, they came back from like six, six nothing down or whatever. I'm pretty sure that was that was his last start. Um, but it's interesting to see because yeah, against Rodney, I remember Rodney yes. was pitching. Yeah, and I posted a photo afterwards the with the yep. crazy freaking hat yep. like this. But uh, but yeah, I think that um, it's it'll be interesting to see because while Garcia isn't certainly isn't the pitcher he was, you know, a sub three ERA pitcher with St. Louis, um, he's at least been able to be serviceable. Uh, we have no idea what to expect from Matt. Um, so to see that kind of juxtaposition of 
one guy who's come back from it a, a few years down the road and another guy who's just starting his comeback from it um, should be interesting. And then and then the other interesting thing to note is the mixed up lineup lineup change for tonight. Uh, Flores is batting cleanup against the lefty. So as we know, Wilmer mashes lefties um, probably because of Unagi. And his love for friends, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I it, it should be uh it should be interesting to see uh, how Granderson hits in the five spot. Uh, he's been off to a little bit of a slow start. Jose Reyes looked terrible the first two games. Yeah. So uh so he's certainly got to be the spark plug at the top. And like I said, I think the story of the first two games here is is all about the offense. Um and and how it's kind of lagging. Now don't forget, pitchers are always going to be ahead of hitters this time of year. But uh but it certainly if the Mets hit enough, they're going to win plenty of games. And and that's what we've seen so far. They get the runs, they'll get the wins. Um, so, uh, Jim Bork wants to know how many games do we attend each season when not including outings? Like how many games do you actually get out to if you're not going to an outing with us? It used to be a lot more. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Now I, you know, I was just talking to Tez about this. He said, Oh, so you're not going to go to Thursday night games anymore. Like, dude, I can count on my hand how many times I've been to a Thursday night game in, in the last year or two. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, for me, I really do the outings now. I do, I do our our fourteen games and and playoffs, and I mean, that's that's like a good chunk of games. Yes, yeah, totally. I mean, we have our fourteen game home package, plus we have the away games. So we have twenty outings for the army this year, as far as home and away. So someone asked me the other day, like, are you going to be at this game? I said, I can't really ever guarantee I'm going to be at a game if it's not an outing day. I'm going to try to hit maybe one a month that's not an outing day. Yeah. So maybe I'll be up to like thirty. Yeah, we were yeah, talking about hitting a, a couple of games or two yeah, yeah, yeah. together. I, I, just... And we should totally, you should take off a of work on a Thursday, hit a day game, and then I do this at night. That would be cool. Yeah. But um, I think Bauer wants to know if you have any predictions for Wheeler. Um, The thing about Wheeler has always been the uh, control, right? So um, provided that he stays in the strike zone and he has good enough stuff to do that, um, I, I think I feel good about Zach and, you know, I'm kind of glad the management has decided to live and let live with this guy because no, no tomorrow is given um, with these. There's with these... too many guys that are on that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Almost all, pretty much all of them. Because last year, Noah had problems with with the bone spurs. Matt's is hurt right now. Wheeler's coming back from injury. Harvey's coming back from injury. Lugo's hurt. Gaselman is the only guy right now that I think is healthy. So it's it's just, I wouldn't want to be in Terry's shoes where every night you have to worry about, all right, when is the right time to yank him and not let him stretch it out. You know what I mean? I mean so I totally jumped on you there, but no, like no, I fine. think that it's it's tough because the bullpen management is gonna be shot to shit in like the next couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Well I mean that's what but you have to realize too is that you know the more runs the offense scores the less you're gonna need the the high uh, stress innings for, out of the bullpen and that helps the starting pitching. But the the thing about Wheeler is he's kind of on his second major league life, you know. He, ha- I mean, look how long we waited for the guy, and now he's finally back. So the innings limits. I mean, listen, maybe if they go to a six man, if they have the depth, come September to kind of set up the October rotation. But if he, if I had to bet, I think Zach Wheeler is going to start a postseason game. <laughs> I fucking hope so. I, I really no, but I really do. I don't think that they're going to shut him down or whatever. I think they just got to let him go. Just let him go, like because you never. Tomorrow could be that could be it. That could be his career. So let him go and let let the guys see what he's got. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we move on here, we got to mention again the McFadden specials. Uh, unfortunately, they they weren't doing it on opening day because I'm an idiot. I didn't realize that uh, it doesn't. It, it's not active on uh, you know the val not the value games the the premium games. So it's not going to be active on Subway Series, and it wasn't active on opening day. All of which. 
those days we actually tailgate. So it's my bad for not letting you guys know. But if you are there right now or you're heading there tomorrow or, or uh, the weekend, pop on in, show them your jersey, your hat, your, uh, your T-shirt, whatever. If it's got a T7L on it, just show it to the bartender. You can get a 16-ounce aluminum Bud or Bud Light bottle, which is an insane deal. It's like 75% off. And any tap beer there, which is also 16 ounces, would be $4. I, don't, I think the regular beer prices there are like between 6 and 8 So you're getting a good deal on that as well. And if you're more of the vodka, rum, gin, tequila, whiskey, whatever, you can get a, a well drink for 5 bucks. So um, go on in, drink responsibly, don't overdo it. Uh, and uh, sh- just show the bartender your T7L. Thank you, for Mc- thank you to McFadden's for hooking us up with that deal all year. Uh, exclusions, you know, without the exclusion days. And also, if you're coming to D.C. with us on the 29th, I don't know if you're coming yet. I'm trying to get an answer out of you. but Yeah, we're going to talk about that. If you're coming to the game in D.C. on the 29th, Rally Bus, uh, I think it's rallybus.com. If you just search the Seven Line Army, we have buses leaving from City Field. I think three buses are already filled. And also a bus so far isn't filled yet, but it should be soon leaving from New Jersey. I think New Brunswick, New Jersey. It's 65 from City Field and 55 or maybe 60 from City Field and 50 from Jersey, one or the other. Uh, go check that out. Also, we restocked a bunch of our hats, the M logo truckers. We have four different colors. The orange actually came in, I think, last night. So we restocked it today. Lizzie told me to definitely make sure I mention that tonight while I have all your, your eyeballs and ears. So um, go check that out, the 7 All of our hats that are in stock will be showing in the drop-down menu. So if you don't see your size available, that means we don't have it, so you don't have to email us. Um, also, I didn't tell you about this. Shout out to the St. Lucie Mets. Remember a couple uh, episodes ago, we mentioned the compression sleeves. Oh, yeah. They mailed us a box. Oh, cool. They said they listened to the podcast and nice. they wanted to say thank you for uh, coming down to Florida with a thousand fans. And they sent us a box. Lizzie sent me a photo today. So that's awesome. It's at the warehouse. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you to them. St. Lucie Mets, man. They do a great job down there. So I'll be excited to see some of you guys uh, out next year at spring training. Oh, totally. You got to come. But also, also, one more thing before we get going, because I wrote this down. Okay. We didn't get to do the whole Thunder thing on opening day. It was We pumped it up last year. We tried to do it, but the speakers were not either facing our way or maybe the vocals weren't up. So, like, we heard the music start, and they said, you know, 2017 New York Mets. The Mets came onto the field. Thunderstruck started, and I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. So if our section looked like a bunch of wet rags out there, that's probably why we couldn't hear it. So, um Maybe we could fix that in the future. I doubt the Mets are going to add speakers for for us in the outfield there. But uh, Noah, we we tried. And we, I think we did well. It for was Noah. okay, but like I watched the replay of it, like it, people were like confused. We're all looking around, like, oh, what should we do? But uh, the Thunder was a fail. We got to work. Ah, on it. Well, we got to work on that. At least we got to. If we're not going to do the whole Thunder thing, we got to at least get on point with like clapping or something. I think people were looking around, like, what should we do? What should we do? And uh, our bad, we couldn't hear anything. So um, anyway. If you're at the game, enjoy yourself tonight. If you're listening to this afterwards, hopefully you enjoyed yourself. Uh, catch us next week on Facebook, facebook.com slash the seven line. If you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate it. And uh, try to join us for a live show. We are a very visual show. We do appreciate the listens afterwards, but we do show a lot of stuff that makes a lot more sense when you can actually watch it. So if you don't have Facebook, you can always watch the replays afterwards on the seven We post the replay on there. So we embed it into a blog post that you could check out. Um, for Brian and myself. Let's hand it off to the guys at SNY. Yeah. Turn on SNY right now. The game's about to start. 
We appreciate your views, and let's go Mets. We'll see you on the 22nd. That's our next outing. So come and tailgate with us. Hopefully that video wet your whistle a little bit, and you're excited to join us because the more the merrier. We're all about the inclusion and the fun and the fans. So we'll see you guys out there at City Field. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.